0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Chronicles of Mister. Today's pod is part two of my conversation with Serena Johnson, an educator with over 10 years under her belt as a classroom teacher and currently serving as a dean at her school. In this conversation, he talks about POCs at predominantly white schools, how the education system must change, and what it means to go from being invited to the cookout to creating block party. Again, your feedback is very much appreciated. We love hearing from you, uh, either through the emails or the voice messages, and we greatly appreciate you leaving a five-star rating on Spotify and our five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We know that all of this helps push the pod out to educators and listeners alike, because it's all about that algorithm. Again, we appreciate you. Thank you for the support. So without further ado, here's the next installment of The Chronicles of Mister. With
1: with privilege and it's just like wow you know it's like our kids deserve constancy they they deserve to say oh you were my member you you were with my teacher too yeah and we we don't give them that
0: no it's it's wild because i remember the first first year i was in new haven and there was a kiddo who she was in third grade Back when we were, uh, when we had all the grades there, and she came up teaching seventh, happened to be outside my room. I was like, hey, Mister, are you gonna be here when I get? I was like, what grade are you in? She's like, I'm in third grade or fifth grade or whatever grade. She was one of the lower school grades. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, all right, you promise? And when she said you promise, I had a pause because I, I recognize with kids. Like if you say it, it's like Pinky, they come they come in. They gonna remember, like you said it, you said it, like you can't be the one who breaks your word. Like you're the you're the adult. And I was just like, I'm gonna do my best. I didn't say I promise. I said I'm gonna do my best. She eventually and she's like, Mr. I wasn't sure about you. Like, cause I've seen a lot of you sit there, say you're there, and then yeah, in a year, you're no longer there. For whatever reason, her not knowing. The politics or just life situations like you may want to but when you gotta go you gotta go for whatever reason and it just hit me um yeah like we don't have that privilege to be like all right i'm gonna leave this school i'm gonna go to another school i'm gonna leave being a a dean or a principal or i'm gonna stop being a teacher and i'm just gonna jump to being a principal never have been in a dean (laughs) and like that doesn't ring any bells never a dean never like go up the ladder of like okay if i've never taught kiddos what makes you think that i could govern adults or school like i've never been in a classroom and yet i feel like i'm capable of doing that and like we're both smiling because we're like
1: we know <laughs> what
0: i have ever thought
1: Like, but- even when i was offered the position as like the associate dean right? when i was still teaching mm-hmm. i'm sitting here and i'm looking at our our teacher body and i'm looking at the the number of years that people have been in our school prior to me cuz i was only in my third year um when i was offered the associate dean position and i'm looking and i had some real serious conversations with rich and i said i need to know why i like <laughs> why me um why now? It was so unclear to me. So I went to the principal at the time, which was Robert for me, and I said, I need you to, I need you to tell me why. Because <laughs> this doesn't make sense. There were teachers who were in their 10-year, eight-year. There were um other people who could have been an associate dean, and what I was being asked, it didn't make sense for for me. And he was straightforward. He says they listen to you. You have a no nonsense like I'm going to correct you on this, and our teachers are missing that and I don't need you to do that for kids. I need you to instill that for some of our teachers and I was just like, Okay, and then I still had another conversation. <laughs> I was like, Why are you not doing that? We also have a full time dean. Why is that nice? Like it was just a lot, and to be honest the I was just like what's what's the salary increase??" <laughs> let's let's talk here and then i thought i had some really good people on that team who i consider genuine friends and i felt if they are willing to allow me to mess up and learn this is a group of people i would do it with because i knew i was going to get a lot of things wrong i had no experience and i needed people who were going to be forgiving yeah. and so i said if I was going, and I didn't know if I wanted to be in leadership, I had every intention of being a classroom teacher for the longevity, had no intentions of going into leadership. But if I was going to try, I wanted to try with people who were going to give me a chance. And that was, it was, it was a perfect storm in that sense, because it was the right group of people to say, who was going to come to me and be like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> don't, what you just did, don't ever do that again. Mm. And I had a couple of those hard conversations where it's just like, "You just did this." Mm-hmm. There was one time um, I so went, into, so. <laughs> yeah, I went into a classroom. I was wondering. I went into a classroom, and at the end of the day, a student's uh, cell phone went missing, and some money went missing. And I walked into the classroom, and I was like, "Nobody is leaving this classroom until that money is found, and until that cell phone is returned." And the kids were like, "What?" It was dismissal. My bus is going to leave. What are you talking about? And I left and closed the door. And then I, I like went about my business, preparing the other classrooms, da, 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 da. came back to that classroom. Did we find it? And the kids are like, no. And I'm like, y'all better find it because y'all not getting on these buses. We're about to dismiss in three minutes. And the kids are, Rah! they're rebelling and they're flipping out. And finally, we get to the point where we find a cell phone, but the money is not found or whatever. And the kids get on the bus. And then the teacher in that classroom said, don't you ever do that again? <laughs> if you are going to hold kids and know that they're going to be in, upper, you stay in the classroom and you tell me what responsibilities need to be done in the hallway, I'll go do that. So you could do your Dean thing and get down to it. But I'm sitting there wondering, do I not let them get on the bus? What like, like as a teacher, I'm sitting there like, I got to hold the line. This is my boss. And also, this is crazy. Right. Um, and so it was, again, the, good, the group of teachers was the, the best group to say, I- I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm going to mess up. And y'all, I'm holding y'all, all of y'all, to tell me when I do that. And they did. And I think that that's one of the reasons that I continued to stay. Um, because some of those people are still with me and they still gonna tell me. that <laughs> you're like, still messing up.
0: So I'm hearing two things. The two gems that I'm hearing is one, you felt comfortable enough to make a mistake and own that mistake because of the people you were working with. Yep. And when that vulnerability is there, like, hey, they know that when I make a mistake, I'm not going to pass the buck. I'm not going to say it's because of so-and-so and so-and-so or such-and-such policy that's coming from, a, I said the words, I did the thing, so it falls on my shoulders. And then number two, that was reciprocated of like, hey, if a teacher, if you give a teacher feedback, he or she knows, they know, oh, it's Miss Johnson, but Dean Johnson, but Serena is behind there. And so if Mm -hmm. there's something that truly I need to fix to get better for the kids, that's the reason why she's doing it. And if she does mess up, I can tell her and know that she's going to hear me.
1: It's one of the hardest balances, right? Because Mm. you have people, you know, my principal, our principal lifespan is like a year, maybe, maybe, something like that. So you have like all these people who are coming in and you have to be true to yourself to the people who trust you. Because yep. you're like second in line at, at this space, right? And the other person who's there may or may not be there after, but you likely will be there. Yep. But then they have all these weird things that they want you to do that people know ain't you. Yep. They, they know it's not you. You know, if I come into a yeah. classroom and, you know, most of the time my face expression would give whatever feedback I needed to give. If kids was walking out of it you're walking around and it looks messy, I'm, I'm giving the teacher like the, is this Okay. Are you good? Do you need me? I'm giving that and then the, you know the principals the new principals wanted to be like go over there tell them this. and I have to go over there and say listen I'm about to give you some feedback. I'm going to say it the way I say it but take what you need from me. Yeah. <laughs> and and so it's not in earshot of the principal but it's true to who I am. And you know, it was one time I said to one of my my teachers and said listen, I got to come in real time coach you this week and I'm only looking for this and this. I know you hate, hate the narration. It's the thing that is the bane of your existence. You you, you don't like it. I have to real-time coach you on that. It's not really for you. I'm practicing for me. So when I tell you to do that, can you just help me out <laughs> and do it? And she was just like, ah. Oh. And I was like, look, I'm not gonna send you no email with feedback so it doesn't become an action step for you. I, I just need to show this person <laughs> that I can coach <laughs> i can coach someone to get to that spot yeah um and these are the pre-conversations that you have to have before you go into these observations with people and you can only do that when you trust the people that you're working with and they trust you right because if i would have went and sent it in an email made it a formal observation you know all of a sudden they're being held to narrating in a way that's not true to who they are now like i can't ask you for nothing (laughs) now That and trust, that going to. yeah,
0: that trust is just blown up, like gone. And so, to anyone who's listened to this, the gem that Rena is dropping for you—that I'm hoping that you're picking up—is that you gotta feel like whoever is your person, whether it's the dean, the principal, the the VP, the vice principal, whatever, is a person who's got your back. Mm-hmm. That you you have to feel that. If you don't feel that, if there are your spidey senses are t- going off and you're like, this is not right, you can love the children, but eventually you're gonna be so unhappy that it's not gonna be beneficial for the kids. I can speak of that firsthand experience of being somewhere loving the children, loving the people that I worked with, but just a principal who just made it,
1: uh, Ooh, I don't even yeah. know if I can get, get to yeah. that,
0: just made it miserable, that miserable it was as if nothing I was doing was, was it was any good, yeah,
1: it was also just a lack of self, as much as like that principle in particular pushed, uh, going direct to the person, and providing feedback, and reflecting, it was a lack of self-awareness of their capabilities that Mm. really got me because you could be a new principal and really not know your team. I'm in a current situation where almost everybody is new. We got like six returning out of 34, which is like crazy for me. Um, And she doesn't know everybody, but she believes in everybody. And so it's different, but this person just would not reflect on their capability to do the things that they were asking their team to do and understand how difficult some of those things that they were asking to do, especially when you have a group of kids that could be challenging or like you don't know. So it's going to take you a little bit of time to figure out, you know, exactly what this group of kid needs, because you might be used to doing, you know, teaching like this. And now in this group, you know, these kids growing up. It's call- different these these are the pandemic kids they did, they not been and i so i said this to a teacher recently i'm going a little side off but i said listen these kids have been um parents they have been chefs they have uh started their own businesses with you know earrings and on etsy and uh like they have done so much through this pandemic and then we come here and try we have they come here and we try and strip them of all these titles that they gained during the pandemic. We have pandemic children yeah. right now who have more than any other kids been more independent because most of their families still had to continue to work and they could not, daycares was shut down and closed. how, how do you, you got a 10-year-old responsible for a four-year-old because the daycare is closed, and they know how to get them up on time, bathe them, get their teeth brushed, give them breakfast and lunch, make sure they have the snack, make sure the clothes are clean, get them ready for the shower before mama get home. Like, they did all of that stuff, that. and we can't trust them to go to the bathroom? It's, it's yeah. like this is the mindset that mm. needs to shift. We, we are stuck in pre-pandemic school and we need to catch up with the times
0: and that's also to say that pre-pandemic times weren't great either like these are still the same kiddos who could do all that they they could go to the bathroom they don't need a note they're just going to go to the restroom do what they got to do wash their hands and come back
1: and when you got a knucklehead who can't do that then you handle it with a knucklehead knucklehead
0: yeah you You don't need a.
1: you don't handle it on a, grade, on a grade scale or you don't handle I constantly think, here's my thing, right? If I went and taught at a predominantly white middle school, not elementary school, because I think that there's some, some differences, a predominantly white middle school and, and a little girl had to use the bathroom and a teacher just couldn't see her, would she get detention for going to the bathroom? The quick answer to that is no. And if there was ever an attempt for her to The phone call from her family would quickly change that around. And it would just be, she had to use the bathroom. Your system doesn't matter. She had to use the bathroom. She went to the bathroom. She came back. She's fine. She's not staying for detention. And we don't do that. We don't allow our kids to make these, like, I get your system. And right now your system ain't working for me. I really got to use the bathroom. And we're making it about the bathroom, but it's really about every single situation.
0: Because I remember a person, and more likely not, it was probably IG, because I, RG, who said so many things, dropped so many gems, it's only later that I'm just like, oh, snap, she was like, three years ahead when it came to me, of like, yeah, ask that question, like, in a time to kill, if this child were white, would we have the same reaction?
1: Is this the conversation? Would
0: this be a conversation? (laughs) No. No, it wouldn't.
1: I had that situation this week with my own kid, right? So Mm. Caleb, um, because of the pandemic, you know, school lunches are not the same. They don't eat in the cafeteria. They eat only in in their classrooms. And so a lot of their meals are cold meals. And um, Caleb is an eater. He loves his food. Don't mess with his food. (laughs) And so he came home and said- Right he he loves his meal he's in second grade now and he's like mom i want i'm i'm tired of sandwiches i'm tired of wraps i don't i don't want that no more and so you know the mama that i am i go scouring the internet on like how to keep food warm and safe at temperature mm-hmm. for you know for a long time period for at least 3 hours from the time he gets into school to lunch and find this amazing contraption of an electronic lunchbox. Mm. So the mama that I am bought this electronic lunchbox for my baby. Because if you know me, you know I care about my babies. Look. And so, <laughs> so I pack his lunch. He got his SpaghettiOs with meatballs, and he loves his SpaghettiOs with meatballs and his little um, crackers on the side. He's, he's set. And all he has to do is plug in his lunchbox to warm it up. It is a thermal box. Um, it comes with a cord, a cord. Now I happen to know because I work in the school building, that we have little strips of um
0: like the power maybe, cords.
1: The power cords yeah. so that kids can charge their Chromebooks throughout the day because mm-hmm. they'll be using them. And so in my mind, he can just, you know, find the closest one near him, maybe 10 minutes before lunch start, plug it in. He's a very smart and independent kid. And so he comes back and he says, my teacher told me I couldn't use it. Why did your teacher tell you you couldn't use it? So he had to eat regular lunch. Oh, because if they do it for me, they have to do it for everyone else. How many kids around here got an electronic lunchbox? Word. And how busy are you during lunch that you can't assist him? Or before lunch that you can't assist him and plug in? He can do it by himself, but, you know, I call and they... The teacher won't have a conversation with me. They send it up to the dean for a lunchbox question. A lunchbox. This is a dean question. So now the dean is saying, yeah, I have to ask our our DSO. And the DSO comes back and says, oh, it's a fire hazard. Because I work in the building, I'm like, so then nobody can have an electronic lunchbox. Are you banning all electronic lunchboxes? Should we get rid of the microwave? Help me make, make, like, this needs to make sense to me. And I thought in that very moment, and I asked the DSL, if we were in a white school, and Emily bought a lunchbox to school that needed to be plugged in, would we tell her no? Would it be a question? Would this have gone up to the vice principal in a white school? Would the main office operating staff be the person to determine whether or not we could do this? Or would the teacher use common sense and say, yes, Emily, we could do that for you. We are only having this conversation. So in true fashion, I said, I'm going to use the electronic lunchbox in my office. And at 1145, I'm bringing him his his lunch every day. And I'll make sure it's something that kids want. I'm going to put some uh, McDonald's in there. Mm -hmm. We don't have it smelling good. We're going to have some fried chicken in his lunchbox. All because you guys are making this difficult for a kid and it doesn't make sense. You're not thinking about him. He had a complaint about y'all lunch. I could have went the other way. I could have said, I'm making a formal complaint. You guys aren't feeding these kids. There's already enough complaints on the internet for it. But I said, I'll, I'll take care of my baby. I'm giving something that he needs. And it was crazy. It, but it's those questions. If he was in a, a predominantly white school, and he needed to plug in his lunchbox. Would the teaching staff say no? Would they even mention it? To their vice principal. I can't imagine, even in an all black school growing up, any questions going to my vice principal. About either the teacher said, No, because I don't want the responsibility of it, which is an honest thing, or they would have said, Can you do it on your own? There it is. Can you do it on your
0: own? We as educators, one of our duties is to ensure that the kiddos we are in front of can be fully capable adults later on. If your child had the wherewithal to advocate, speak up, ma, I don't want this this particular lunch. Not saying that it's not nutritious or whatever, but for me,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't want it. And you as another loving human being, Okay, son, what would you like? I would like this. I know what's good for my son. Great. Let's go this, this avenue. We're not saying bachelor school or bad mouth them. We're just gonna go this other way. Literally, you're you don't have to do anything as a teacher. All you have to do is go for it's it.
1: Time. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Did you plug hey, it in? Babe, Super. We're about to have lunch in 10 minutes. You want to go ahead and plug up your lunch? Right. I <laughs> and mean, like the I, idea that uh... it could be a fire hazard, it's just like if you think that plugging in a lunchbox mm-hmm. could potentially cause a fire, what kind of a building do you have us in? Number one. Number two, how long do you think? it would take for that to happen is it something instant you think is going to happen it's just one of those like let's make sense of it and like answer it wholeheartedly before you know throwing it in any other kind of way i just i keep saying if he went to a different school or if he was white that wouldn't have been it just would have been sure we can we can accommodate this
0: in the same manner we have ieps for kiddos
1: Mm-hmm.
0: why is that not part of it why could that not be part of it
1: I would That's laugh, not a heavy right? left. because if he had an AP or a 504 and it was just like you know he let, let's just say he needed support with lunch mm-hmm. and I provided lunch every day it wouldn't be a question
0: right because they would know the litigation and the law and everything and that was something that came up in our previous conversation in regards to white supremacy of like There has to be this letter of the law. And if not, for them to refer back to, then it's like the validity is like thrown out the window. Exactly. So like the experiences of the teacher or of the person of color, that isn't sufficient. Like there has to be some academic literature you can refer back to. There has to be a law that has to, as opposed to saying like, I'm with our kids every day. I can see that this rule, whatever, is not beneficial to them. I'm going to do with it. And they're being pushed back. You're or no pushback. Yeah.
1: Whew. But that's the work, right? That's why yeah. you can't leave, right? Yeah. When, when there's still more work done, right? Because even in a situation like this, more education has to be given, right? Like mm-hmm. I have to at this point have uh I have to send an email from my personal email. I've learned it. Uh, I have to send an email, put my husband on it, mm-hmm. and now say, here is here's what the request was. Here's what the outcome was. I'm it's not sitting right with me. Here's my reasons why. And now I need them to do some work beyond just I said so because that's yeah. what it was. It was I said so oh she's asking for a real reason. Let me think of something fire yeah. hazard. Yeah. Yeah without ever even keep in mind I never sent him to, like the main office people nor the dean has ever seen his lunchbox hmm. so you said it was going to be a fire hazard without ever even seeing what the lunchbox looks like fire. you know me my kids and, are gonna and be
0: what they want. <laughs> that that to me as well is is part of like the audacity of caucasity of like do you not know I work as an educator? I am in the system with you. I was a teacher. I'm now a dean. These are my kids. So In the
1: same building.
0: Same. Oh, I didn't know that part. I am in the
1: same building. So here's what was weird. The teacher never even directly came to me Never had a conversation, never used, you know, we got class dojo going on Mm -hmm. for the elementary. Could have hit me up on class dojo, said, can we talk about this? No. I sent a message like, hey, I sent a a written message with kids and I hadn't heard back. So now I'm hitting you up on dojo. He might not have gave it to you. Can you explain why he can't do X, Y, or Z? No response. Nothing. Nothing. Dead silence. (sighs) Then the very next day, I send another one just following up. I hadn't heard back from you response. Oh, well, the dean, Miss Telford, will follow up with you. How?
0: We haven't had an initial. How can there be a follow-up? Wow.
1: And this is in the same building.
0: That's wild. But you know what? Not really. Not really.
1: Not surprised. What I am no. surprised is that the teacher is is a black female. And so that, I'm very surprised. Twist. Mm-hmm. I'm very surprised that it wasn't a direct conversation i would prefer like look i know you don't work with and i've never worked with elementary so you know she has experience that i don't i know you don't work with elementary um lunchtime is just crazy yeah. and so this is actually not a safety issue it's capacity for me i don't have capacity to monitor him plugging it in it can be very warm i don't want there was none of the like common sense things that I thought through already. Um, Because I even said to Rich, I said, if worst case scenario they said that it's too much for them to handle. um, I can just run it downstairs to them, you know. And they never even mentioned any of that. It just was a shutdown of, no, if I do it for you, I got to do it for everybody. And I'm like, how many kids around here running around with electronic laptops?
0: (laughs) This is interesting because... I know we've had the conversation about not all skin folk are kin folk.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: just hearing that is like another dynamic that I'm not sure a lot of teachers of colors are like are ready for as well, too. Of like thinking, hey, just because you may look like me phenotypically, that must mean we have the same ideals, or we'll go about, like you just mentioned, some common sense, like if there's something you have done that I'm, I'm not okay with. I'm just cool. walking to you, particularly if we're in the same building to be like, can I speak to you for a moment? Like, not confrontational, just like, just the real, the real, like, it's second I mean, grade.
1: It's near you. Come <laughs> on. It's yeah. like, I'm near you at dismissal. Yeah. A simple, hey, Kate, Kate brought in a, um, a lunchbox that needed to be plugged in. Can we talk about that? Like a simple. Yeah. Simple, simple. But you know, I also chump it up, especially when you're a younger educator and you're a person of color. I had it too, right? This fear of stepping over boundaries or feeling like you couldn't truly make decisions—you didn't have autonomy Mm -hmm. to make the decisions—and didn't realize that, like, most places ain't about to fire you for that. Like what you, what might happen at the end is like, they might be like, oh, we can't do that. Can you follow up with the family? That's worst case scenario in most situations. But when you're an educator and you're new or you're young and you want to have security in your job, you go along and you create more difficult situations because you presume that you don't have the autonomy. So you, you upscale it, you upchain it. Like, I don't know what to say.
0: Yeah. You push it up.
1: Let okay. let me not deal with it using the brain that I know I have. Let me go ahead and and bring that one up because I don't want to get in trouble later. Mm-hmm. And so you you default it to someone else because the second person who is the dean is also a black woman, mm-hmm. and she refused. Not she, the dean. She refused to come with the question, so she goes to ask a white woman, and the white woman says, "We can't because it's a fire hazard," and it's just. What just happened here? We're talking about lunch for a student.
0: Yeah. Ultimately, it's
1: just that chain of like, there's two simultaneous things happen, and one is just ridiculous. Like it wouldn't happen like this in a white school. Yeah. Let's just we know that. And if it if in in this school, uh black people don't feel aut- like they have autonomy to make these choices and decisions, and so they have to push it to someone who, if the decision came down. They, they could take the fall. I'm not willing to take the fall. Man. That's what it feels like for me. I don't have a voice here. Let me give it to somebody that if they had a voice, they're likely not going to get fired. And their skin has protected them from a lot of other things as well. That's what I'm reading through.
0: This is something. Um, after leaving the school that we were at and going to a different school, i will I will own my, as you mentioned, like the layers of protection as a man. there are certain things that I was able to do that black women were not, and so that intersectionality there of like, yeah, I'm dealing with racism as a black man, but I'm a man, and so there are certain ways that they're just not going to talk to me sideways the way that I saw other black women were being spoken to And I was just like, what in the world is happening here? And having been under or having have worked with you, with RG, with like so many magnificent, beautiful black women, smart black women that to see it happen with my own eyes. I was just like, Oh no, 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 no. I have to say something. Mm -hmm. I I have, because I know that, have, having left there, I was like, all right, I can go anywhere. There's no longer that holding me. So if I got to leave here, then cool. I got to leave here to just be able to speak up. Like, you're talking crazy. That's not okay. That's not cool. Either in public or in the other side rooms, just be like, no, 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 no. So you mentioning that, that's also a blind spot that I have to acknowledge. of Like, yeah, there are levels to this. <laughs> and so as a man... I have that privilege and I can just hear Cheryl talking right now, like, oh yeah, I jumped over that box because that is my privilege. I can just focus in on being a black man and not having to worry about gender because that's a position of privilege.
1: It's crazy because, you know, once you become a a dean, you're privy to more information about people like people's positions and like how long they've been there and also like how um like what their areas of growth are and like just different areas and it's crazy to see that you could have someone who is a, a white person who has has not performed act, uh, like professionally performed since they started right but because they have a calmer continence and like their their presentation is more mellow and I'm talking about women they constantly ride like this and then you can have a black woman who actually acts, uh, prepares the kids and and are here but comes constantly on the radar constantly in the circle of discussion about development um, because they're more outspoken or their energy is a, a little bit higher and is that same thing that happens the same I'll never uh forget RG told me um I have to make sure that when I am speaking that my passion is not misunderstood as aggression yeah. and I was frustrated with her with her when she first said this because I'm like you want me to co-switch for these people <laughs> you know and I was in my feelings about it yeah. and then I just realized there has to be a point where I'm heard and I'm in this building with ideas and feelings and what I'm saying, I literally, and this is true story, honest to God, used to ask my white peers to message stuff in meetings. And I used to say, hey, this is what absolutely needs to happen. Same. I can't say it because mm-hmm. if I say it, it will be glossed over. So I need you. You said yeah. you're now Yep. I need you right now to stand with me and I need you to say this and then I can come in and support with some, some more details, but I need you to lay the, the plane like it, need, it needs to be plain. Yep. That is the only way that I got through the year that I shall not talk about yeah. <laughs> the lost year that is that is the only way that I made it through that year, which was I told my white peers, I don't even need, I need a co-conspirator. Yeah. I, I need you to step in fully. We need to have a conversation about what's happening, and I can't be the person to mention it. And that's how. And most of those ideas, I'm about to say ninety-five percent of those ideas that were all the changes that happened that came through the mouths of my white peers were mine. Yeah. yeah. And they were praised literally for always being creative, solution-oriented, outspoken, always you know pushing the team forward. And these were literally my ideas and and i would try to mention those in one-to-one meetings like hey you know what we could try and do and we'd be like oh it's not the time this is the wrong time for that it was like oh okay i got you i understand what's happening here yeah
0: so another gem whoever's listening whoever's in education and find some allies because Mm you, or I would say I find at least an ally and really put that ally to the test. Um, Because as you were speaking, I was like, I remember doing that. I remember doing that. I remember that. And then it was someone in particular who has the initials JR, who in speaking to him, because we would get to the school dumb early and having conversations. Like, I wonder if someone were to say this, sort of use inception towards the beginning to like drop the ideas and then later on just have the full out conversations um until one day when I was no longer there I get this email about hashtag wooly forever and I was just like oh so even you when you say over and over and over again like you recognize and see like yeah there are some people where it's just going to fall on deaf ears Mm -hmm. When even yourself you feel like, all right, I I, I have to go because if I stay, it, it's not going to be a benefit for the kiddo. So find yourself an ally, test that ally, see if that ally truly is an ally, because there will be some who espouse certain
1: things. The things are right, <sighs> and, and that's that's the hardest one because when yeah. you feel like when you realize that self preservation is over the cause. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, that one probably is the one that hurts is like, I never start any job trying to make friends. I got a job and my kids, (laughs) you know, but if you, you, if you can find people who you can put in that category of friendship. And you can build outside of the walls of the school and you can have real conversations that are not surface level. And even, I loved our meetings with Cheryl, but if I couldn't vent to you about those conversations, then we wasn't really friends. I couldn't, (laughs) I couldn't lay it on the table and say, here's how I actually felt. Here's what I was going through. These were the, uh, the, the, like um, feelings that I was having, and you were like, oh, really? Wow. I never experienced that. Mm-mm. Yeah. I can't talk to you. Then that was the last conversation we had. And so I had to like go through those channels and then get down to the core and be like, where are we? Yeah. And like had some challenging conversations with, the, with some of the people to be like, "Here, here's what I like, what is the cause? Are you willing to say, are you willing to say, I'm going to stay even when it's hard? Yeah even when it's more comfortable for me to leave. It's, it would have been more comfortable for me to leave my first year. That It felt like I was walking into a cold. What is happening? Yeah, yeah. It would have been comfortable, but I had made the decision to put my children in that school at that point. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't about to, you know, move their minds that quickly. again. So I was like, I got to see this thing through. <laughs> what yeah. am I into? And how do I make it feel less like this? And once I, you know, ventured on that path of like my kid until my kids are gone I have two of them out now I only have one remaining and I will be there as long as my babies are (laughs) in that school and and that's always been mine I'm here today um and it's interesting to see some of the leadership the white leadership who have left who have pulled their children and put them in predominantly white schools um, or all white schools, let's be honest. Hopkins is not an international yeah. school um, or foot. And so to to see them create this environment and then critique they it to out. the yep. point where you pull your children out yep. is disgusting. Yeah, It's disgusting. Yeah. And that's where we are.
0: <laughs> well, sis, I applaud you. I applaud you because... I remember vividly walking that elbow in front of the, what's it called? Stanford, the teacher Mm -hmm. lounge. And I looked at you and all you did was put your arm around me. Mm -hmm. And it felt, I think you may have a couple months over me or I have a couple months. We're not too far away in age, Mm -hmm. but it felt like an older sister and auntie being like, baby, baby, it's going to be all right because you are all right. Like this job, this title, that you being here, I can see that you are going down. And before you get to the sunken place,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like it's okay.
1: Your and decision I just, is fine by me. And I want to right. tell you publicly, I went in there, that whole procedure they had you go through, bogus the emails that i went in you would have thought i was on a spiral out of control just all the way down it was absolutely i said how did we come to this conclusion who was on the board i'm writing every single person i got to the point where I, i i had not had your permission so i could not publicize what was happening but the the media was so close to finding out what had happened and I said I, I didn't want to bother you at that point and you were going through so much and I was like this might not be what is needed right now peace is needed and um
0: that's what I got
1: understand I, I was Ooh, I was on a tirade and that that's what made that year so difficult um because I burned every person that could have that had anything to do with it there was no nice words there was no minced words and so anything that I needed I didn't get and I said I, it was worth it because one thing I knew is that I was going to be here longer than them and, and so I was willing to endure that exactly. here, nothing getting nothing that I wanted Ooh. because I knew I was staying and I knew they were leaving
0: that's what got me because I remember being there in that circle and we're all sharing not sharing deeply but we're sharing and yet one person is one not sharing not saying much but is taking notes and I'm like
1: wrong move.
0: not only but the saying my wife always gives me and she got it for someone else is like yeah when a person shows you who they are believe, yeah, believe- them believe them Like, don't think they're trying to flex on you. Like, if they show you, believe them. And I was just like, check. Everything happens at the beginning of the year. Check. The the one thing you blessed me with, because it was the thing that kept me there for so long, was the kids. So to get the message of, like, the kids understood, hey, it's not Mr. Pierre, quit. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It was this reason. I was just like, all right, I can sleep. There goes my peace.
1: Oh, you know, I saw it at all. <laughs> oh
0: my goodness! I closed
1: the door, <laughs> and I said, "I want to." This would never happen. And the rally of the kids was what what made me so proud because I don't care what people say in terms of their behavior, yeah. their intellect, and their ability to understand social constructs and social mm-hmm. systems. And so, they just understood. They thoroughly understood what happened. And they didn't let it slide with her 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 time was not easy with them because of it. And time there was any inkling of uh, "Is this racist?" Yeah. the kids pointed it out and, and and like, I didn't have to, and it wasn't something that was like, you know, there was a time where they were like, "He's not allowed back in the building. How come why? Tell me, tell me why, yeah, because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Hmm. You make us all feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> man. And and I think the best thing was commencement. You know, having you Oh, man. For commencement for that group in particular. Yeah. Um
0: that was a special group. I love those kids.
1: Oh. And look at them in their sophomore junior year, junior year. Oh, Crazy. Man. Just wow. lovely.
0: Just lovely. That's the thing about I love about Google is like, hey Wooly, it's been twelve years. Do you remember these kids? And I'm like, I know I'm old.
1: We have uh, right now. I have the sibling, the younger sibling of Anthony. Oh, who's who's in his freshman year at UConn, right? Oh. Like, that, whole, ah. that whole group. That's crazy. <laughs> but his brother is now in eighth grade, and it's just you know sometimes just look their faces they're identical, of course. Um, And looking and being like, oh, your brother put me through so much, but I know it's, it's that, right? He put me through so much, but I know where he's at and I know where he's like for him to be in his freshman year. And he didn't put me through the the most, the most, but he put me through some, you gotta be creative, sis. You ain't coming with the regular with this one. (laughs) You gotta be creative.
0: I appreciate you saying that because that's a, I think uh, another gem pick up for anyone who's listening to this, is that whatever you are going through, just know that you're like a farmer of the future. Like whatever you're doing right now with your kiddos is going to be a, you won't see, you won't reap and truly see the benefits till later. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm a salesperson. Quarter one was, eh, quarter two was better. And by quarter four, we were in the black or whatever. Like, it's going to be years later. And you yeah, may you never- care.
1: when you first start teaching at least for me I was like all right so what I need to do is save everything
0: yep
1: I'm gonna organize I'm gonna have this lesson saved Mm -hmm. perfectly I'm gonna make sure that I know so that next year when I teach this I don't have to do it all from scratch right when does that work because the kids are so different right and it's like so many life lessons. You don't want to teach something that happened three years ago. I taught history, right? So like, even if I'm teaching the great migration, which has happened so far ago, well, not really, but it has happened so long ago for our kids that it seems like you could teach the lesson the exact same, but you have to now connect it to now. And what happened two years ago, these kids don't even know. So you can't, you have to constantly, 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 Be regrouping, and it's the same kind of thing that when I first came to teacher, I was like, "Give me a year, year and a half. I'm gonna be solid. I'm gonna be ready to go. I'm I'm gonna be able to just come home basically and grade papers because I don't have to plan lesson. That just don't that don't don't work. Uh, That's not true. (laughs) uh,
0: Year one, not if you care. (laughs) And there it is. If you really care about the craft and you care about the kiddos, nah. Like you'll have skeletons. Yeah, you won't have to create it yeah. out of the ether, but all of that
1: is yeah. changing.
0: All of that. Yeah. Miss Johnson, thank you so much. I thank really, really appreciated this. This was, to anyone who's listened to this, there were several gems that I picked up, but I think one of the best is that one right there of knowing that as an educator, it's going to be later that you're going to see the yeah. true fullness and breadth of like the work that you put in. So that seed that you plant with that kiddo that particular year, five, 10, however many years later, um, is when you'll be like, all right, yeah. Right
1: I now, this brother trust me. That. Yeah. pull <laughs> on it, right? Right, you say, right. Go, act, go ask your brother. Yeah. Go ask your brother. You might think I'm crazy right now, but talk to him. But talk to he him. He's going to tell you I'm all right.
0: <laughs> and so you're not starting. Yeah, you're not starting from square zero. You're not starting from square one. There's some rapport there, some relationship there that you can build on, which is... Ultimately, I think the number one thing a teacher should work on, work on your relationships. Real relationships. relationships.
1: Put the script down. Yeah. Put it down. Yeah. Whoever you are with your family, the appropriate side of you. Yep. Whoever you are, that's who you bring into that classroom. Yeah. If you use words like y'all and uh, Fentanyl, really? which I do, and getting ready, uh, bring that into your classroom. Drop the professional ish yeah. language and be who you are. The kids will appreciate it because they feel like they'll know you and then you can get to know them. Um, but be yourself in the, in the best way that you can.
0: So I think that's it. Your, your gem bag is not going to get any fuller than that for this episode of The Lounge like Miss Johnson is just dropping them left and right. I'm pretty sure this is not going to be the last time that you will hear her magnificent voice and the gems that she's dropping. Um so yeah, Miss Johnson, Dean Johnson Rena. Thank you so much for coming through. We appreciate you. And to anyone who's listening, thank you for listening. We appreciate you all. We out.